1: to Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente and I'm here with very special guests this afternoon, none other than one-third of the Hot Fire Starters podcast, it's k Bads. What's going on, K-Bats?
0: What's up, bro? How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad that you could join me on this special edition of Know the Score. We're going to talk a little fantasy football. Got to give the people some help out there if they haven't drafted their leagues or if they have drafted their leagues, some things that they can do to maybe be successful in their leagues. Know the Score is brought to you by the CSPN. You can find the CSPN on the web at CSPN.us. You can also download and listen to Know the Score through iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, and Spotify. So, K Bads, I'm going to ask you a few questions, man, and then we'll just kind of get into some ins and outs of the Fantasy League. First, okay. I just want to know, how long have you been in your current league? I know that... You have, like, a league that you've been in with, you know, some fellas that you're real tight with. Y'all have, like, these destination drafts. It's kind of (laughs) like somebody needs some video cameras out there because I'm sure (laughs) it's like the black version of the actual TV show, The League, when it comes to the draft day. But, you know, just give me the origin story and a little quick, you know, summary of how you guys get down.
0: Okay. Um, The league that I'm in now, this is our, I want to say 18th year. Wow. Wow. Um, 20 is going to be 2021, um, and we're going to do something special um, for that. Um, We do every five years. We do kind of like a real special trip. Now, we pretty much uh, rotate our draft locations between D.C., New York, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, and this past uh, draft we had in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, most of the guys in our league reside in those places. So we got a couple of guys in New York, um, a lot of guys in the D.C. or D.M.V. area, um, a lot of guys in North Carolina, and uh, one uh, guy has moved on to Atlanta. So um, you know, it's one of those types of leagues where. You know, it's like you said, it's kind of like this movie show, uh, the TV show, the league um, guys are incredibly serious. And you know, a lot of these guys are football coaches, you know, former football players. So these guys know the game. Um, so, I, you know, I feel very privileged to be in this league, um, you know, a league where guys take it as serious as they do. And it's the only league that I'm in. I've been asked. Um, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've been asked over the years to join people's fantasy leagues because they know I'm serious about it. But this is the only league that i'm serious about like i need to focus on this and that's kind of how i feel but i don't want to have mixed emotions about certain players i just want to draft my guys and those are my guys for the year so okay is this a keeper league or do y'all no it's not it's a, was okay. a free
1: draft we do a new draft every year so all right is it yeah. uh, ppr traditional
0: traditional okay. that's how we started it i know people say like you guys need to you know come on into the 21st century and do a ppr and there's you know people have brought it up but we just kind of feel like since we've been doing it this long and we got record books and all this stuff just kind of keep it the same so
1: right right now how many teams are uh, in this league 12 okay uh, and do y'all have like a prize that y'all go for yeah we
0: got a we got a true get trophy it, it looks like the lombardi trophy
1: okay that's what's up yeah. have you have you ever had a chance to hold it
0: Oh, man, I've been close over the last couple of years, um, but no dice, man. That's that's the one thing that really sticks in my crawl, that I haven't uh, won a true Grid championship. Our league is the true Grid championship, and I haven't won one yet. I've been close uh, twice over the last couple of years, but I just had some really bad luck. So uh,
1: That sounds like me. The best finish that I've, I've ever had in my fantasy league was we tied in wow. 2017, I think it was, the last year that chip kelly was with the eagles and uh the bears had cut what might have been 16 the bears had cutler and brandon marshall and they were getting blown out but they went out there for one more series and they got a first down and all they had to do was get 10 more yards i won by one point wow and we ended up tying because they got stalled out and they didn't put them back in the game because it was the you know the last game of the season second last game of the season whatever and so they went instead of going by points on the bench, they went by the higher seed and I was the sixth seed. And oh. yeah, man, that was the year that Josh Gordon went crazy like in every game Cleveland was down by three touchdowns. He caught like one of them garbage sixty five yarders in the like
0: Right. Court. Right, right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It took me like half a season to catch on. But once I did, I was like, Well, if I get in these playoffs, I'm to do some damage. Yeah, hey. Yeah, so um, the league that I've been in, we've been in it. It's my old work league, so this will be my 14th year being in this league. And, yeah, it's real serious. They're trying to see how many people want to show up to do the live draft or not. But, you know, we have people who live in – West Virginia now, Blacksburg, you know, these are teachers and professors and, sure, stuff, so sure, they sure, belong sure. and things like that. But, yeah, like just like your league, you know, people are really serious when it comes down to it. And uh, if you do make a mistake or uh, a pick that's out of your range, uh, you will get clowned. I remember one year somebody picked Drew Bledsoe, fist pick when he was with the Cowboys. That's the year he got replaced by Tony Romo. Sure, sure. <laughs> Not good. Yeah, yeah. So i just like to kind of get into your strategy uh, since you guys have already drafted your team. I don't know mm-hmm. how many people out there are listening, still haven't drafted. I know the league I'm in, we're drafting on Monday. Another league I'm in, we're drafting later on in the week, like Thursday. Try to wait till all the rosters get filled out and everybody gets hurt and everything like that. Give all that stuff out of the way. So do you have a particular strategy that you go into it with? Are you, you know, the classic running back, running back, and then I go from there, or do you mix it up depending on who you look at coming into the season?
0: Well, normally I just go for the best player on the board, and the reason I do that is because um, the guys in our league are very active um, on the trade market. So, um, you know, the team that you draft really is the team that you go into the season with. Because guys are trying to tweak their rosters. right? So with with me, like, of course, people will say, like, you want to have a strategy. And, of course, you want to, you know, in case you don't make any trades, of course, you want to be happy with the team that you drafted. I get that. But um, a lot of times, you know, and give me an example in this most recent draft. Now, I don't know how many other people's leagues are like this, but um, we're able to trade draft picks. Okay. And um, we have a draft lottery. This year in the draft lottery, I got the sixth pick. And coming into the draft, looking at the sixth pick, you're looking at somebody maybe like DeAndre Hopkins, maybe somebody like – personally, Mm -hmm. guys I was looking at. I'm like, I'm maybe going to get DeAndre Hopkins. I'm maybe going to get David Johnson. I'm maybe going to get Todd Gurley, James Conner, Joe Mixon, guys like that. Six through 10 would probably be your – Yeah. Six through 12. Right. 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 Yeah. Guys are going to fall in that range. But I feel – Is though Saquon Barkley is a -a once-in-a-generation talent. And I felt like that for a while now. Right. Going on back to his junior year at Penn State. And and I've said this on our podcast multiple times. I felt like his last two years in college football, he was the best player in college football. Um, And coming into the NFL last year, he, he didn't disappoint. I know some people may have been a little surprised at how effective he was. I wasn't. And that was only with 261 carries. I think he's going to approach 300 carries this season. I think he could approach 400 touches this season. He is the Giants' offense. Right. And I think you combine opportunity with his once-in-a-generation talent, he can just make plays that your normal running back just can't. Right. Even right. guys like Alvin Kamara, guys like David Johnson, guys like Todd Gurley, even Christian McCaffrey, who is my guy, love him to death. I drafted him his first two years in the league. You won't find a bigger Christian McCaffrey friend than I, but Saquon Barkley's just in a, on a whole other level than anyone else in the game. And I just think that with the opportunity he's going to have this season with his overall talent, you know, we talked about it last time on our podcast. I believe right now in Vegas, the line on over under his rushing yards this season, I think it's 1350. I think he's going to smash that. Oh, I think yeah. that's free. Yeah. 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 With just the additional carries, um, and him just being bigger, faster, stronger—you know, smarter and to the
1: playbook, to absolutely reads and better offensive line by the Giants because that's a absolutely. concerted effort to keep Eli in as many games as possible. They
0: upgraded, they upgraded the line this offseason as well. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it was worth trading my first round pick, which is a six pick, and my second rounder to move up to all the way to number one, and that took Saquon the number one, and. With no second-round pick, I kind of had to, you know, make do with, you know, the rest of my picks. So in right. the third round, Damian Williams was on the board. I said if he was there in the third round, I was going to take him. I'm going to take the, the bell cow to start the season in the Chiefs offense is a you know, explosive offense. He's going to be the guy that's going to get the first crack at their job. But then coming back in the fourth run, I'm thinking, like, maybe I might take a receiver. Or maybe I might take a tight end, depending on who's available. But Aaron Jones from the Packers was still on the board. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he was too good to still be on the board because if you look at how he finished the season, mm-hmm. yeah, you stretch that out over a 16-game season. Even if he doesn't end up playing 16 games, stretch that out over a 14-game season, you got a guy that can run for 1,200, 1,300 yards, double-digit touchdowns. Now, I'm not saying that's what he's going to do, but I felt like, that was too good to still be on the board, so I took Aaron Jones in the fourth. So my first three picks, even without a second round, were running back, running back, running back, because I know that they're going to be guys who are going to be running back starved. It's the hardest position to fill in fantasy football. You can always get a quarterback. You can always find wide receivers on the waiver wire, even in the 12-team league, but good backs having good depth at running back has been my Achilles heel over the last couple of years. I said this is not going to be the year that I'm going to allow my lack of depth at the running back position completely destroy any chance I have of winning my league title. So, I went for depth at running back. Again, my tight ends and wide receivers on paper they may not look very sexy, but I think they're going to be effective enough that I think was just the floor I'm going to get on a weekend and weekend out weekend basis from my running backs. I should be okay. I should be competitive.
1: Right. I look at it as a nine points. Nine points is the minimum I want from my anybody that's not a quarterback. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Even if you have a bad day, you can get me nine points. You know what I'm saying. We did some things. You Either got me 90 yards rushing or catching. However you did, or you put your foot in the paint. That's why I think Saquon Barkley is going to smash because he has the chance to touch the ball a lot and put his feet in the paint a lot. Mm -hmm. He can can have double-digit rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns easy.
0: Yeah. He's that good, and he's going to have that much opportunity. in Right,
1: right, right. And, And I think that's kind of what I've been looking at this year is kind of going, who are the running backs that's going to get these extra touches in space down by the goal line because it's getting harder and harder to score, and people are passing more. But now they're starting to not pass to the tight end as much, or pass more to running backs mm-hmm. in the goal line situation. So I'm kind of been looking at that, scouting those guys out a lot this year. Are you a big fan of that uh, handcuffing? You know, if you see a potential <sighs> duo situation that's yeah.
0: obvious, do you? Yeah. Do you look for that? Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the player, of course, and the team. So. For example, with this year with the Chiefs, like I would want to handcuff Damian Williams with Darwin Thompson. And you know, Carlos Hyde looks like he may not even make the team. Um, but with the Chiefs' offense, without explosive as it is, I think who's ever back there is going to eat. Um, now with the Giants, eh, Saquon Barkley is, is a special talent, but Wayne Goldman isn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they also may lean on the run a lot this year. So even if Saquon were to get hurt. Goldman might still get a lot of volume. Right. Now, again, that volume may not translate into the same production, but he's the volume may still be there. So I still did handcuff Barkley and still, even in the 12 team league, there's a shortage of backs. Now, if you're in a 10 team league, there may be running backs that are on the wire that you may be able to pick up, maybe put into a flex position, but in 12 team leagues. The running back pool is very, very, very shallow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you may want to add a, a quarterback, maybe an extra tight end if you're really that on that upside. But even in a situation like with the Giants, looking at some of their preseason action, Garmin looked competent. So I went ahead and did it. Now, I didn't draft them. But just watching them play a little bit, I went ahead and did it. But he's somebody that if I needed to pick up a tight end, if I needed to pick up another player, he'd be the first guy to go. Like I said, I think, I think it just, you know, it helps. I know this sounds very simplistic. It just helps to watch football. Right. And you right. know what guys can do what. Right. And, uh you know, and on a good offense, you can kind of plug and play guys. It doesn't really matter who's back there. But on some teams, yeah, you don't really need to handcuff guys. Right. Yeah. What what about receiver quarterback?
1: Have you have you ever had any experience doing that? Handcuffing guys at those yeah, positions? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Getting the number, getting like like I the past two seasons I had Brown and Ben.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, oh, I, I I got you. And we call it double dipping. Okay. Yeah, 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 doing a double dip. So um, one of my better teams of recent years I had Antonio Brown and Bill Robertsburger. So when they connect on those touchdowns. Those points can add up real fast. Right. I'm a big fan of that. I didn't get what you would call a premier dip this year. I drafted James Washington. Right. Who was looking like the third receiver in Pittsburgh and I drafted Ben Roethlisberger. and now that's a, a slight dip. Right. Uh, right. Um, now if you want a you know prime time dip, there a lot of prime time dips available. But you can get a low budget dip, like a you know, depending on how you feel about the Bucks this year, a Jameis Winston, Mike Evans dip. Right. Right. May not be so bad. Um, you know, a Deshaun Watson uh D Hop. Dip. That's yeah. a good dip. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely a proponent of the dip. The only thing is, if that team gets shut up that week, mm-hmm. you got to have good backups to everybody. Yeah, else. everybody else is going to kind of ha- have to outperform, right?
1: The, right. The usual sales. or so for the, or, like or that, or that just be the day that your quarterback eat, but your main receiver kind of get the shutdown treatment, but your quarterback yeah. get it to everybody else. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, those work. Those work. Yeah, I was I've been kind of running that situation, but. The last couple of years, I haven't had enough depth, like you were talking about, at the running back position. So I'm definitely going running back heavy this year with my strategy. My next set of questions just kind of, add, you know, now that you've drafted your team, who you maybe had on your team that you looked at from last year and said, you know, they're probably going to fall off. So it's probably not worth a, a repeat for them to make my team this year. And then maybe who's somebody that you saw? that maybe were down last year that you were like, man, if, you know, dude hadn't picked them two spots before him, I had my eyes on
0: him. Um, I would say like this year for the most part, I got who I wanted. Um, you know, having the number one pick, it was hard passing on Christian McCaffrey because that's my guy. I loved him in college. Uh, you know, watching him perform the way he did last year, especially near the end of the end of the season, like it really made me feel good because I really invested a lot to him and I believed in him. Like I traded up to get him. People thought I kind of reached for him last year in our draft. So it was kind of hard, but, um, you know, I have my guys, like, you know, guys were from the DMV guys who made me with the Merlin guys who made me with the Penn state. right. right. Um, you know, people know that there's certain guys that I like, um, this year coming into the draft, I wasn't quite sure what I would do if Antonio Brown was still looking at me in the third round. And luckily, somebody took him two spots ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio Brown is somebody that's known as one of my guys going back, you know, five, six years. Um, I've had him four times on my team over the years. Uh, just, you know, once the game starts, he's lights out. Now, I understand a lot of stuff that's going on in the field right now. Uh, people may be a little down on him, and I get that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have him in my face. So I was glad he got taken, but I still don't know if I would have drafted him. Um, but I don't know, man, if you look at hard knocks, it seems like him and the organization are fine. You know, it doesn't seem like there's any real beef going on. And I think, you know, he's going to be okay. But that was just one guy that I've been high on over the years that I wasn't quite sure about coming into the season. Right. Right. Um, and last year, my quarterback drew breeze, um, you know, the passing yards weren't there last year, but the touchdowns were. So, what I wasn't getting in regards to maybe 400-yard passing games, I was getting in regards to three or four touchdown passes. So, he was making it up. But at the end of the year, the touchdowns went to kaput, and, he, you know, the passing yards were never there. So, if I had to really point my finger at somebody as to why I didn't win a championship last year, it was him. Right. That was right. one guy coming into the season. I was like, I don't know if, Drew, it really is on the downside. Like... He had been performing of well, you know, and I thought he may have been on the downside maybe three or four years ago, and he kind of had a resurgent in last year. But, like I said, near the end of the year, he really hit the skids, and he was one guy at quarterback. I said even if he's there in the seventh or eighth round, I'm going to pass this year. So,
1: All right. Uh I think you picked the guy that I was going to say was my biggest sleeper for this year and that was James Washington every game that he's played in he's put his feet in the paint from a long ways away just reaffirming like mhm mm-hmm. he needs to be on my radar so besides James Washington who who were some other sleepers that you kind of had on your radar maybe rookies or second year players who didn't have you know very successful beginning couple of seasons but kind of started to put some things together towards the end of the season that you made them you know high on your list this year
0: um, I picked up DJ more of the waiver wire. I didn't I, I couldn't believe somebody um dropped him in our league. Um, but uh, just watching him a lot at University of Maryland, um they wanna find ways to get him the ball. Um he's somebody that you know you can run handoffs for, he can do you know, run jets. Um just get him the ball in space. You know, extremely explosive, and you're not gonna catch him. Like once he catch, you know, gets a seam, that's six. And I think that just him coming into the season more confident. You know, getting that level of of, of comfort with Cam Newton, uh, I think a lot depends on what you think of Cam as a passer. I'm not ready to high on him, but I am high on his talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one thing that at the end of the day I will always draft is talent. And I'll kind of let things kind of figure themselves out. But if I know a guy can play, I'll find a spot for him on the team. And I know that DJ Moore can play. Um, and I'm really high on Lamar Jackson, even though I drafted um, Ben Roethlisberger to be my starter this year. You know, Lamar doesn't really have to do a whole lot in the passing game, but it sounds like they're going to run a real up-tempo offense. And, you know, they're saying that Lamar Jackson may end up throwing the ball 30 times a game. I'll believe it when I see it, but he's such an electric athlete that I think that the rushing totals and the potential rushing touchdowns could really complement what I think could be modest passing numbers but improved passing numbers from last year. And I just think, like, with the baseline of what he can do on the ground, you combine that with him just improving a little bit in the passing game, you got somebody that can be a consistent starter week in and week out.
1: Is it the Michael Vick experience part two?
0: Possibly, yeah. And I don't think he's – <sighs>
1: That was something. Maybe, if you if you didn't yeah. live through that, then you don't know what that really was. The highlights right. don't really, you know, do it justice. Right,
0: right. because we've never seen anything like that in nope. that position. Nope. And, I, I, and I, I'm not going to compare Lamar Jackson to that because that's a, that's a very, very lofty comparison, but... He got some of the same dudes helping yeah. him, though. Yeah, 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 he does. He does.
1: So they, you know, they probably... Reaching into the bag of tricks, going, Hey, remember when Michael did this, or this worked for right. Michael? You know, so you know, right. I know they're using a lot of that experience to kind of help him. So, mm-hmm. I got two more questions for you waiver wire secrets. Uh, anything that you can tell the people out there to kind of look for, or you know, to you know, how to use the waiver wire to its most effectiveness because a lot of people don't really, you know, take advantage of it early in the part of the season, like this, after they've drafted. And people are just kind of floating out there still.
0: Yeah, I I know, again, this is going to sound simplistic, but, like, you really got to pay attention. Um, Your cell phone is your friend. Alerts are your friend. Uh, You know, I know people get busy during the day. That's why I have every single app that I have sends me notifications because I don't want to miss anything. And if you snooze, you lose. It's that simple. Like, use your smartphone to uh, to your advantage. Uh, Use different sites. Um that could potentially give you information. Like I said, just, you know, watch a lot of NFL network. Again, I know it sounds very really simplistic, but you know, a lot of fantasy football is just being one step ahead of the game and you're one step ahead of the game just by having the information at your at your ready. So that's really about it. Like I don't really think there's any real secrets. Again, just watching a lot of football and just knowing what guys can do. That's it.
1: All right. And we're both Fans of the Washington football team. Ugh. So my last question was, Ugh. who do you see having the biggest fantasy value on this
0: year's Washington football club? There is, guys. There's no, it's not even a question about it. I wouldn't draft one of their receivers if you paid me. Um, I've always liked Jordan Reed's talent, but, you know, he may end up retiring from football at any moment. I wouldn't trust any of their quarterbacks, but I I like Darius Geis at LSU. I think he's a a big talent. He runs aggressive, and I think they're going to lean a lot on the run game this year. AP shouldn't be any interest to him. Uh, You know, I'm surprised AP is actually still playing football. So, you know, if you're in your eighth or ninth round in your draft and Darius Geis is still on the board, I'd say pick him up. Cause he's somebody that end up running for a thousand yards and a, you know, maybe six, or seven touchdowns. And that's not bad for a flex or your third running back.
1: Yeah. The, the Washington football team offense is definitely in flux as far as the question marks go um, kickers in defense. Do you, do you play the rotation game on that? Or do you kind of stick with, you know, one kicker and kind of pick your defenses as you go, you know, that last part of your team, how do you feel that out?
0: Yeah, um, I'm one of those guys that feels like, you know, if you can get your hands on Justin Tucker, you know, and I hear a lot of fantasy, quote unquote experts say, you know, use your last two picks on kicker and defense, you know, and I draft, I've seen Justin Tucker go, you know, maybe like in the 12th round, 11th round because he's, you know, that much of a weapon. Yeah. So I would definitely tell people just don't believe what, again, what fantasy experts say about kicker and defense. Uh... For the most part, I try to get guys who play indoors and guys who are gonna be playing home games near the like down the a playoff stretch. So I'll look at schedules. So in the past I've, you know, had kickers from the Falcons. I've had kickers from the Texans this year. I drafted Kami Fairman from the Texans. Um I had Will Lutz last year from the Saints. I look for guys gonna play indoors. Um, you know, less elements to deal with, you know, it was perfect conditions. Uh, I don't want the kicker for the Bears. I don't want the kicker for the Packers. I don't want that guy. You know, give me somebody that's, that's playing indoors. So that's my one strategy with kickers. And, again, on a good offense, of course. And with defenses, I, you know, guys who going to get after the quarterback. So I got the, the Jaguars. But, again, you can kind of rotate that based on uh the schedule for the week. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a really bad team, like I think the Reds going gone really bad on offense this year. Um, I could end up chasing that team all year. So, you know, depending on the opponent, I might pick up that defense for this week. Right. You know, just, just look for really bad teams. and kind of chase bad teams all around. Like if you're not happy with your defense now, you can get the Rams and, you know, Aaron Donald's going to be in people's backfields all season. Again, I think Jacksonville, they're going to be in people's backfields all season. Like, you know, you got a team that you got guys that get after the quarterback. I think you should be fine. But again, there's nothing wrong with chasing bad teams. So just find out who the bad teams early. If the team they're playing, their defense is on the waiver wire, and you're not really happy, take a chance.
1: All right. Okay, man, uh plug your show, give you shout-outs, and uh, we'll get you up out of here, man. I thank you for your time.
0: No problem, man. Um, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, that's at K. Bad's. that's K-B-A-D-D-S. And you can please check us out every Thursday morning. We tape the show Wednesday nights um, on the Hot 5 Starter Podcast. You can also follow TKO and Bob. Those are my co-hosts, you can follow them at Hot Fire Starter. And uh man, thanks sir. I appreciate it.
1: Oh man, thank you for coming through, man. The Hot Fire Starter Podcast, your favorite podcasters, favorite podcast for sure. Absolutely. Oh man, thank you for joining us. And for my special guest, K Bads, I'm your host, Don rente And now you know the score.